Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. In today's weather update for Riverside, we're looking at a pleasant high of 76.2 degrees, with a cooler low coming in at 56.9 tonight. Now, let's give you a glimpse of the top stories we'll be diving into. First up, a controversial ruling has emerged from an appeals court that may significantly affect the Voting Rights Act, potentially setting the stage for a heated Supreme Court showdown. In more local news, allegations have surfaced against the U.S. Border Patrol, accusing the agency of transporting hundreds of migrants to rudimentary camps in the heart of California's desert, seemingly turning a blind eye to the desperate conditions they face. And on a lighter note, we will explore innovation in robotics, specifically how the remarkable behavior of army ants is inspiring the creation of intelligent robots, and what this could mean for the future of technology. Stay with us as we unpack these stories in detail right here on Alex's News. Our top story today centers on a pivotal appeals court ruling with significant implications for the Voting Rights Act, possibly setting the stage for a landmark Supreme Court case. For more on this breaking development, we turn to our reporter, Ethan. Ethan, can you give us an overview of the current situation? Absolutely, Grace. An appeals court has just made a controversial decision that directly impacts how the Voting Rights Act can be enforced. The crux of the matter lies in who has the authority to sue under Section 2 of the Act. Up until now, private individuals and groups could challenge redistricting and other election procedures they deemed discriminatory. But according to the recent ruling, from this point forward, only the U.S. Attorney General has that power. A narrow path indeed for those seeking to enforce these protective measures. Can you delve a little deeper into the key elements of this case that have led us here? Sure, Grace. This all stemmed from a redistricting lawsuit in Arkansas. To fully understand, we need to look at the results test within Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. This provision allowed lawsuits against voting laws that had discriminatory results against minority voters without needing to prove intentional discrimination. But with this appeals court decision, future challenges would now require proof of discriminatory intent, not just effect, which raises the barrier significantly for those wanting to challenge such laws. That sounds like quite a daunting obstacle now. Ethan, what are the broader implications for voting rights, particularly for people of color, given this change? The potential consequences are immense, Grace. Voting rights activists fear this could pave the way for more restrictive voting laws nationwide, which disproportionately affect people of color. The Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law has already called the decision a weakening of the affirmative enforcement provision of the Voting Rights Act. Essentially, The concern is that black voters and other voters of color may now face more hurdles without the same legal recourse to challenge discriminatory practices that hinder their voting power. And how do experts suggest we proceed from here in securing the protections intended by the Voting Rights Act? Advocacy groups, including the Lawyers Committee, are looking to Congress for a legislative fix, Grace. They're urging lawmakers to pass new legislation that would restore the full protections of the Voting Rights Act. John Greenbaum, the chief counsel of the committee, especially highlighted the importance of this in maintaining equal representation and democracy. 
With the possibility of this moving to the Supreme Court, are there any predictions on how this might unfold? Predictions are always tricky, Grace, especially with the Supreme Court. However, what we can say is that if the court does take up this case, it could set a significant precedent. Given its recent track record on voting rights, there's concern among activists that the court might further limit the Voting Rights Act's reach. Thank you for those insights, Ethan. It's certainly a story we'll continue to monitor closely, understanding its critical impact on the future of voting rights in America. Happy to provide the details, Grace. It's a story that will undoubtedly reverberate through our political landscape in the months and possibly years to come. We'll keep our viewers updated on any advancements. This has been Story 1 of 3. Stay tuned for more news ahead. I want to turn now to a major humanitarian issue developing right on our doorstep. According to NPR and NCPR News, it appears that hundreds of migrants are finding themselves in a desperate situation in the Californian desert. Chloe, you've been following this story closely. Could you tell us what's happening in Hakumba? Absolutely, Grace. So, what we're seeing is that hundreds of migrants, including individuals from Turkey and Honduras, are being directed to makeshift camps in the desert community of Hakumba. When I say makeshift, we're talking about sites with little to no shelter, which leaves these people exposed to extreme elements, including freezing temperatures. That sounds incredibly concerning. How are these migrants ending up at these camps? That's a key part of the story, Grace. Human smugglers, known as coyotes, are dropping the migrants off at a specific gap in the border wall. Once there, the U.S. Border Patrol allegedly instructs them to wait at these camps. But the issue is that the camps don't have the necessary infrastructure to support them. It seems like a critical oversight on part of the authorities. Are there no formal support systems in place for these people? From what we know, Grace, the situation is quite bleak. There are no official organizations like the Red Cross or Doctors Without Borders involved. All the help these migrants are getting comes from local volunteers and community members, who are doing whatever they can to provide aid. With no official help in sight, how are these migrants surviving day to day? It's tough, Grace. These open-air camps lack even the most basic amenities. The migrants are essentially relying on locals' goodwill, but Hakumba is a small community, and their resources are limited. There's a growing concern about the sustainability of this situation. What does this mean for the migrants if they decide to leave these camps? The options are grim, Grace. If migrants leave the camps, they risk being deported. So many feel stuck between a rock and a hard place stay and suffer in the camps, or leave and face the uncertainty of deportation. Now, what's been the response from Customs and Border Protection on this? As of right now, CBP hasn't provided a comment, even though NPR has reached out. The silence from the agency is troubling, and it's adding to the frustration for both the migrants and the Hakumba community who are asking for transparency and help. Are there any speculations on the potential implications of this situation if it continues unresolved? Yes, there are concerns this could lead to a larger crisis. Not only does it strain the small community of Hakumba, but it also sets a precedent for how migrants in desperate circumstances are treated. Humanitarians are worried that without action, this scenario could result in serious loss of life or health crises due to the harsh conditions in the camps. It's certainly a dire situation, and one that calls for urgent attention. Chloe, thank you so much for bringing this story to light.
Thanks for having me, Grace. We'll continue to monitor this story and provide updates as we learn more. Good evening. Here are some other headlines from today's news. Firstly, asterisk Vivek Ramaswamy's struggle in Iowa asterisk. Republican presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy's attempt to gain traction in Iowa is facing challenges. With resistance from Iowa Republican circles, Ramaswamy's campaign must work hard to build the necessary momentum ahead of key early votes. Moving over to asterisk asterisk redistricting battle in Wisconsin asterisk. The state's Supreme Court is embroiled in debates over legislative redistricting. What happens here could reshape Wisconsin's political districts and influence elections for years, potentially setting a benchmark for other states grappling with similar issues. In Georgia, we are seeing asterisk asterisk Georgia's election subversion case asterisk progress as a judge ponders revoking the bond of one co-defendant in an election subversion case linked to former President Trump. This case continues to bring national attention to the scrutiny of the 2020 election and its aftermath. In Utah, a asterisk asterisk special election asterisk is garnering attention. A GOP former House staffer is going head-to-head -head with a Democratic state legislator. The results of this election will be analyzed as an indicator of political tendencies within a state known for its conservative leanings. And internationally, Asterisk Israel and Gaza tensions asterisk are on the rise with Israeli and Gaza militants in conflict, exacerbating a dire humanitarian situation marked by a lack of essential services, which has persisted for weeks. Beyond these five stories, Taylor Swift's tour in Rio faces setbacks due to unforeseen events. Globally, tensions mount with Russia entering OPEC plus discussions on oil pricing. From the economic desk, the Federal Reserve indicates a measured approach to economic policy, closely watched by market analysts. As we look to international finance, China's state banks are taking active steps to prop up the yuan against the dollar. Lastly, within the tech industry, OpenAI faces internal conflicts and backlash from investors amid controversial leadership changes. Stay tuned to our channel for further updates on these stories and more. We're turning now to a fascinating story where tiny creatures are inspiring the next leap in robotics. Ethan, you've been following these developments closely. Could you start by telling us about the latest research coming out of the New Jersey Institute of Technology? Absolutely, Grace. The focus here is on army ants, which are known for their extraordinary ability to build living bridges with their own bodies. Biologist Isabella Muratore and her team have discovered that these ants exercise a form of collective intelligence to navigate their environment, particularly when they encounter obstacles like gaps between foliage. These living bridges allow them to maintain the efficiency of their foraging operations. How do these army ants determine when and where to build their bridges? It's a sophisticated process. The ants are capable of a sort of cost-benefit analysis. They find a sweet spot for bridge construction ensuring the gap is significant enough to demand a bridge but not so extensive that too many ants are required. Despite having small brains individually, their collective decision-making showcases a remarkable level of intelligence and problem-solving. And I understand this isn't just about the ants. There's a connection to robotics as well? Exactly, Grace. This is where it gets really interesting. Engineers and scientists have been studying swarm behaviors from insects like these ants to create algorithms that can be applied to robotics. 
The idea is to learn from the way army ants collectively build bridges so that they can design robotic systems that operate with a similar efficiency. What could be the potential implications or consequences of this research? Well, this research can significantly impact how we design and deploy robots, particularly for tasks like search and rescue missions, explorations, or responding to disasters. Imagine a swarm of small robots that could self-assemble into structures or navigate through rubble, much like the ants, without the need for sophisticated control over each individual robot. It's a game-changer, potentially streamlining complex operations with simple, ant-inspired rules. Isn't it extraordinary that insects with such limited cognitive abilities individually can solve problems so effectively as a group? Can you talk a bit more about swarm robotics and why it's so promising? Certainly, Grace. Swarm robotics draws on the collective behavior of decentralized, self-organized systems, which in nature is often seen in colonies of insects. In these systems, robots are designed to work in harmony, enabling them to adapt and tackle challenges that are difficult for a single robot. This is promising because it offers a way to conduct operations without relying on complex algorithms for each robot. Instead, the group of robots could intelligently collaborate to complete tasks. It seems there's so much we can learn from nature. How soon do you think we could see such ant-inspired robots in action? It may be sooner than we think. Advances in robotics happen quickly, and by applying these natural principles, progress could accelerate. There are already robots that exhibit basic swarm behavior, but as we refine these models, we could see some practical applications emerge in the next few years. Fascinating insights as always, Ethan. Thanks for keeping us informed on this intersection of nature and technology, and for sharing the potential future of robotics with us. My pleasure, Grace. Always exciting to talk about how biological marvels inspire technological breakthroughs. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.